Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. How many of you guys worked your tail off to get to TCU? Most of us, yeah? Like, okay, so every week, how much stuff did you do? Did you have stuff going on basically every night? Yeah, working super hard. Yeah, doing a bunch of stuff, doing a lot of resume builders, that kind of thing. How did it feel when you're in the middle of that? Exhausting? Is it exhausting? Anybody else? Anybody just like love it? Yeah, okay. But you made it. You got here, right? Like all of that work, all that energy, all that effort, it brought you to this place, which is pretty cool, right? Go Frogs. Pretty selective place. You made it. Congratulations. Okay, quick question. Now that you made it and you went through all the hard work and you did all that stuff, what are you doing now? More hard work. More of that stuff. More of those exhausting things, right? I want to read a passage of scripture for you guys today from Jesus. And uh, we'll start in Matthew 11, uh, starting with verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for the motorcycle club driving down university right now. They're doing wheelies and everything, guys. That's wild. We'll wait for them to pass. The Holy Spirit is still speaking, but that's pretty wild. So, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father, so no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We're going to pause there for just a second. That sounded a little weird, like kind of circular. What's, what's he saying here? He's essentially saying, like, he's praising God, the Father, and saying, like, I'm in you, I'm following you, I'm with you, you're with me, and you're choosing to reveal yourself to those that are following me. You're choosing to reveal yourself to those that are committed to me and that love me and that know me. And then he says this to the people that are standing there hearing his teaching, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes we read that. How many of you guys have read that before or heard? Yeah, heard it before. How many of you guys, when you heard that, were like, well, that'd be nice. An easy, a light yoke, right? Like, sounds like Jesus is offering something that uh, I might need a little bit right now, right? What is a yoke? What is he talking about, a yoke? It's not, contrary to what my son thinks, what comes out of an egg whenever you crack it. Um, this, is, this is actually a, uh, an instrument to usually use in agriculture to kind of get a lot of times multiple animals together to do some farming, to do some uh, plowing or whatever, to do some agricultural things. You can tell I'm not a farmer. Tim, you could probably help me a little more with this. Probably should have had you come explain what a yoke is. But essentially what it does is it combines us. So if you have two animals, right, you want them to work together. You want them to move together. You don't want them to be off, one, one running one way, one running the other. So you're actually, they, they put that yoke on them so that they can lead them in the way that they need to go, um, that they can follow, you know, the person that's leading them. And then 
Yeah, and so this instrument also to actually lead you to where you need to go. So, so what is a yoke? This is an agricultural society. Everybody goes like, yeah, yoke, cool. I know what that is. What does that mean though, Jesus? Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Like he wasn't standing there with a yoke. He might, there might've been one in a field next to him while he's preaching. It's like, hey, that thing, mine is easy. My burden is light. But what does that mean? In this context, rabbis, teachers of the day, religious teachers of the day, the, the bulk of their teaching and the way of life that they were offering to people as they were teaching was called their yoke. So like imagine everything that you would learn in the business school, like the finance degree, like all of this, all of the collection of teachings of the class that you'd be taking, that would be considered the yoke of the finance, you know, the finance degree, right? So these teachers, they have all of the teaching, all of the way of life, all the things that they're trying to impart to the people that are following them, they called that the teacher's yoke. And it was the way that they would lead, the way that they would guide, the way that they would help people understand the world. And, um, and Jesus, in this moment, is calling out the religious teachers of the day and saying theirs is heavy and it's burdensome and it makes you tired and weary. And he's saying, mine is not that way. So for context, highly religious society, right? First century Israel, um, Jewish society, and the, the Pharisees or the teachers of the law were, contrary to what the Bible, the picture that sometimes we get, um, especially when Jesus is rebuking them, they all seem like really bad people <laughs> or like really like not good. But the reality is, is that they were highly respected. They were actually looked up upon. They looked down on other people. They had a ton of influence and a ton of authority in the culture because it was a highly religious culture. And these folks were the most religious of them all. Like they were the ones that Alicia mentioned this last week in her sermon that they would tithe even just like a leaf off of their herb garden, right? So one little cilantro leaf, you know, like taking it to the church, throwing it in the offering plate, right? Like here's a cup of rice. I'm going to take one tenth of that cup. I'm going to take it. I'm gonna... That's how committed they were to the law of God. And what's interesting about that and the reason Jesus calls them out is because their hearts weren't for God. When we look at what, the, when we read in the Gospels about the Pharisees, we find out that, first of all, they're very judgmental, <laughs> that they don't really care about people that don't know God or that are far from God. They judge them, they look down on them. Do we find out that they're actually afraid of people, that they're more concerned about what people think about them than what God thinks about them? Over and over, there's these opportunities for the Pharisees to arrest Jesus or to do something to uh, bring uh, pain or arrest, you know, whatever, for, for imprison him or whatever. And, and over and over in the scriptures, it says they don't do anything to him because they're afraid of the people or what the people will do. So this is a really interesting thing where they actually prop themselves up. They make themselves, you know, experts and those kind of things. They have all of this religiosity, but also they're very, it's all about how other people view them. It's all about what them kind of Im imposing their uh, way, imposing their lifestyle, imposing their holiness on everyone else and maintaining that image and not really connecting with God at all. And so when you try to live that way, when you do live that way, um, it's pretty tough, right? It's pretty tough to measure out every leaf of your plant. It's pretty tough to measure out all of your rice. It's pretty tough to every single thing. And, and the other thing they would do, and, and was kind of a part of their culture as well, and Jesus calls the guy out for this, is like they would go out into public places and pray really loudly, just so everybody knows they know how to pray, right? 
And Jesus condemns that, right? He says, that's not a good idea. That, that you're, they would fast and they would make themselves dirty and tired and walk around like there's, you know, they're trying to earn favor with God and also uh, make themselves more righteous or appear more righteous than really they were in their hearts. Now, that's hard to live that way. Here's the thing, though. And, and, and Jesus is saying, like, my way is not that way. Very often, when we preach something like this, I would say, like, so you guys, you're not, so don't try to earn your salvation with works by, you know, that kind of thing. But ultimately, how many of us are really trying to earn our salvation through works? Like, how many of you guys went over by Frog Fountain this morning and prayed super loud so that everybody could hear you and know that you love Jesus more than anyone, right? How many of you guys stood up in your class and offered to pray before everything got started, right? <laughs> Nobody came in with any, you know, money or anything today to lay down here so that everybody could see you give, right? Like, how many of us are really spending three hours a day with, you know, reading the Bible in the library, you know, so that everybody can see, like, how many of us are really trying to earn our salvation through, right? Really? Not many of us, right? I'm not saying that it's not possible to try to do that in our culture, and we have our own ways of doing that, but in contrast to the Pharisees, none of us are really trying to earn our salvation. That's because that's not the religion of our day. What Jesus was talking about, the religion that he was confronting was the religion of that day, and it was the religion of Judaism separate from God. The religion of our day is very different, and it, it is a religion. Um, I don't know, hypothetically, if I was to maybe come up with something to call it, um, maybe like something in the sky that's like purple and maybe like some kind of frog, like some kind of God, sky God that's like a purple frog, just hypothetically, right? And like the kind of religion, right, that, that, that comes along with that frog is like, okay, it's okay. I mean, you know, Bible, sex only in marriage between a man and a woman. The religion of the purple frog is very different, right? Like you can have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want, however you want, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, and as long as they're hot, right? You can have any of the friends you want. You can hang out with whoever you want as long as they're cool and as long as there's some advantage to you for your future, right? You've got a network. You've got to push. Like, you can do whatever you want. You can be involved in whatever you want, but make sure that it is good, looks good on a resume, right? Like, that's, that's what we're talking about. That's the kind of religion. It's not Judaism, right? It's not hardcore, fundamental Judaism. It's a different kind of religion. And there's some of us that are really, really good at that religion. There's some people that are really, really devoted and committed to that religion, and it is that. And there's some of us that, just like in Christianity, are kind of nominal. <laughs> we're sort of following that, maybe, but not fully. And there's some of us that are just super weird, and we're not doing that, right? We're living contrary to the culture. And, and in this religion of the purple frog sky god, the main sins is not being cool, right? Not being attractive, maybe. Appearing to be lazy, or appearing to not have it all together. Those are the, the sins of our religion, hypothetically, that we might be facing in this culture. But here's the reality. Whether it's hardcore fundamentalist Judaism that doesn't honor and doesn't connect with God, or it's the religion of this guy, Purple Frog, Jesus' words here speak truth over that, over both of these religions. 
Jesus is offering a totally different way. I want to read that again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whether it is hardcore Judaism or the, of the religion or the religion of our culture, it is very, very heavy because you'll never be attractive enough. You'll never do enough stuff on your resume to be better than the other people that are around you. You'll never have the coolest friends or always be someone that's cool. You'll never, it'll never be enough. And it was never enough for the Pharisees because they're working from a place of trying to earn or trying to appease or trying to connect with this ideal that was unreachable in Christianity. And Jesus's yoke is saying like, I love you. I accept you. If you follow me, like you're part of the family and you work, actually you do the things, you follow him, you obey the commands out of love for him and out of response to the freedom that he brings through salvation, not in order to gain that or in order to affirm some identity or try to build up some identity. Does that make sense? God, when he freed the Israelites from Egypt out of slavery, he freed them first and then he gave them the law. He gave them the law to, to work out his commands out of freedom as a response to their freedom, not in order to gain their freedom. We see this over and over and over in scriptures. Uh, Romans 5.8 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? In our sin, he died so that we could be freed from sin and the penalty of sin and the effect of sin on our life. So we follow him and work uh, work out our own salvation in fear and trembling, like scripture says, but it's not from a way of, of trying to gain his approval, but it's working from his approval and from his salvation. And that's why the yoke is easy. And that's why the burden is light, because we're not trying to achieve or accomplish something, but we're working from an identity rooted in him alone. And so let's look at, yeah, Jesus's yoke, easy, light, restful. The other quote, yokes of the world, hard, heavy, and weary. And he says, you'll find rest for your souls. How does your soul feel today? We don't often ask that. John Wesley, whenever he was establishing the church and he was connecting with the believers that he had met in the churches that he had established, he would ask, he would ask people, brother, how is it with your soul? How is your soul? Like if you were to really measure that and ask that and think through that right now, how does your soul feel? Does it feel easy? Does it feel light? Does it feel restful? Or does it feel hard, heavy, and weary? The reality is, is that if our soul feels hard and heavy and weary, Jesus is offering us a different way, an easy yoke. Now, if we want to experience the life of, Jesus says in John 14, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If we want to experience the life of Jesus, we have to walk in the truth of Jesus and the way of Jesus. We often focus on Jesus's teaching. We don't often look at the way he lived. Was Jesus busy? He had a lot to do. He was the savior of the universe after all. But there was a way about him. There was a way that he lived that included rest and Sabbath. It included time away from the busyness. It included solitude and it included fun like Alicia preached about last week. Man, they were so frustrated that he couldn't possibly be the Messiah. He was having way too much fun to be the Messiah. 
Some of you guys experienced the fun of just being in community over the, over the weekend on the retreat. When you came back and you came back to, well, you haven't come back to your classes yet, but this week as you go into your classes, you think about that. Do you feel like there's this impending weariness and hardness and heaviness? I want to encourage you that there is a lightness and an easiness and a rest in Jesus. But it it requires us to begin to walk in the way of Jesus, not just his teaching, but his life. And over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to talk through some of that. We're going to talk about what it looks like to read scripture, what it looks like to pray. These are spiritual disciplines that are so important in the life of a Christian. And it's things that we actually see Jesus model. We're going to talk about Sabbath, which is one of the most important ones for our culture today, in my opinion, is to actually take a day off. And trust God that he can do more with six days than we can do with seven. Really trust him. It's not, and, and the thing that, about the easy yoke is it's, it would be easy to say, like, so are you saying Christianity is easy? Well, no, because Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So he's not offering you an easy life. He's, ultimately, he's offering you life in the Spirit and life with him, which is so much easier than the heavy yoke of the world. I often hear students and people, just people in my life say, it's hard to live for Jesus. It's really hard to live for Jesus in this culture and in this context. And while I don't disagree with that, it's much, much harder not to. It's much, much harder not to. It's much heavier. It's much harder. It's much more tiresome not to. And I've experienced that in my own life, even in the midst of devastating hardships and the the most tiring seasons of life, there is still an easiness, there is still a lightness, there's still a a burden that is light. And he's actually asking us to enter into that. And here's the thing too, Jesus is not saying like, with me, you're going to be lazy, you're going to lay around, you're not going to do anything. It's a yoke, right? That's an instrument of work. That's an instrument of labor. Right? He's saying, take my yoke upon you, walk in my leading, walk in my guiding, walk in my way. I want to lead you into the life that I've called you to, to work. And, to, and so it's not about not doing something, but it's about doing what he's asking you to do and what he's leading you to do and what he's guiding you to do. And I think that I could, I could um, and I did last, a couple weeks ago, I talked about like God's laws being descriptions of reality. And I focused on some sins and some sinful patterns like that we can struggle with. And I think that's good. We should talk about sin. Um, We should talk about how bad it is because it'll kill you. Um, But also we should talk about the good things that God offers us. Those are also his laws. And this easy yoke is that. And so here's, I have a question here or just this idea here that what if Jesus doesn't just want our bad things? What if he wants our good things too? I think part of entering into the easy yoke of Jesus is asking ourselves, did I just give Jesus my lust? Did I just give him my greed? Did I just give him my cussing? You know, did I just give him that my addictions? Or am I also giving him my time? Am I also giving him my talent? Am I also giving him my affection? Am I also giving him the gifts and the abilities that he gave me? Am I also giving those to him? Am I giving him my major? Am I giving him my future career? Am I giving him these relationships? So often we go, Jesus, I would love for you to take away my sins, 
take away all this bad stuff so that I can live a life free from that bad stuff and you can help me have the kind of life that I would love to have. Thank you for taking my bad things. Can I tell you, I've been around long enough and I know enough people that are older than me, you know, decades older than me, that they're grateful to have God, Jesus, take away their sins, but they don't want to give him their good things. And can I tell you, they're just as heavy and weary as someone who hasn't given God their bad things. His yoke is easy. So the question is, is like, what are we doing with the good things that he's given us? Uh, Alicia was talking about over the, over the retreat, she was talking to one of our students um, about just this idea of just trusting God. And one of the students said, like, ever since I've been to TCU, I've been just like hammering away at homework, just working super hard, doing all this homework. And I haven't, I've neglected my time with just spending time with Jesus, reading scripture, being in prayer and, and having a devotional life. And, and she said, like, and I was exhausted, but I, mean, I had this, I had a lot to do, but I just really sensed in my spirit, I needed to take time to spend time with Jesus. And so I took the time, I took a couple hours to just spend time with Jesus. And you know what's interesting is as soon as I did that, when I went back to my homework, it was so much easier. It was so, I, I was able to get more done. I was able to understand it on a level that I hadn't been able to before because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If we will give him our good things and submit those to him, he will care about the things that we care about when we care about the things that he cares about, which is relationship with us, time with us. I ask students all the time, like, what's your major? And then I ask why? And it's so interesting to hear the different answers. One answer that I don't hear often is like, I just really feel like God's gifted me with this ability or this desire or this thing. And I just, I think this is the best way that I could honor him with my life. I hear about money, hear about a lot of different things and not, none of that's bad, right? Like, Money's not evil, <laughs> right? But like, what if God doesn't just want the bad things? What if he wants the good things? What if he wants you to reinterpret the major that you have through the lens of how could I best serve and love him? How could I best submit my life, not just the bad things, but the good things to him? One student that we, we had do this um, several years ago, and some of you guys know this guy, but uh, his name's Joey. Joey Combs. And uh, Joey came to TCU. He had just like given his life to Jesus about a year before he came to TCU. He came and uh, man, he was just growing in his faith. And we invited him like, hey man, you want to be a life group leader in Chi Alpha? And he was like, absolutely. I want to do that. And uh, he was a business major. Um, he was trying to get out in three years. So he was super busy. I mean, he had a lot to do. Um, but man, as he was praying and as he was following Jesus, a few things he did um, that were really interesting was one, he, he learned how to Sabbath. Like he learned how to take not just one day off, but like learn to live in the Sabbath rest of God every day. So like trust God with studies. Another thing that he did is, and I didn't ask him to do this. Nobody did, but he basically, the one, the one extracurricular he did, the one club that he was a part of, the only thing he was devoted his extra free time to was leading a small group in Chi Alpha, leading a life group in Chi Alpha. Until the very last semester, he joined D&D because he had some extra time. So the D&D club. So, but Joey just said, like, I'm going to trust. I'm, I'm going to give God my good things, my time, my energy, my attention. 
And I'm going to turn that unselfishly. I'm going to focus on guys that I could disciple and spend time with and love and be in relationship with. And so he just, this is my good things. I've got good relational, you know, equity and I can, I can work on this and I can invest in this. His last year here, he had a professor and an advisor say, look, man, I'm looking at your resume and all you have on this is this Christian club. I'm telling you right now that if you do not do something else, if you don't get another internship or a job or something else, you will not get a job when you leave here. I'm telling you, if you don't like add some more stuff, pad the resume, you will not, you'll not make it. And I remember talking with him and, and he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, ask Jesus what to do. You have his yoke, right? He's leading you, right? What is he telling you to do? And he said, I think God's telling me not to take this job, but to go even more deeply into fellowship with my friends and with my life group. I'm like, all right, sweet. If he just said the other thing, I just said, all right, sweet. Like Jesus is leading you. I trust Jesus and I trust that you know Jesus and you're listening. And he did. He, he just invested more deeply in relationship. And one of his guys was Isaac. One of his guys was Isaiah. And Isaac's leading a life group, and June's in Chi Alpha and in a, in a life group because Joey fought for Isaac, who fought for June, right? He made an investment, decided to give up these opportunities because Jesus was inviting him into this. And what's really cool, I won't go into all the details, but like whenever he graduated, he applied for grad school and asked me to write a letter of recommendation. And I just remember writing in there, because I knew, I was like, you will not see a lot of things on Joey's resume. There's not a lot of line items here. But what I will tell you is he knows how to fight for people and love people and see more in people than they see in themselves and call them to something higher and to see them grow in ways that they never thought they would grow. And so if you don't, if you don't let this guy into your college, you're going to be missing out on someone who actually knows how to love and serve and lead people because he ended up invested very deeply in one thing rather than being a mile wide and an inch deep. You need Joey. And I'm not saying it was my recommendation, but I am saying he did get in. The big purple frog God in the sky was wrong about Joey because he was under the yoke of Jesus. Corrie Ten Boom, who went through the Holocaust, suffered greatly at the hands of um, Nazis um, and, and concentration camp said this, if the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. Busy doing things that are good, but not ultimate things. Busy doing things that might be good, but are not Jesus's yoke for us. Busy doing things that might look good on a resume, but just busy. I plagiarized this and changed it. If the devil cannot make us heathens, he will make us hashtag hustle. But the hustle and the busyness and all that stuff is heavy and it's hard and it makes us weary. For each of us, it's different. Like the areas of our lives that are not submitted to the easy yoke of Jesus. For some of us, it might be sin that we need to repent of and turn from. For some of us, it might be like, I've literally never asked God. I might've asked him to forgive me of my sins. I might've asked him to help me repent and to walk in holiness, but I've never asked him what to study. I've never asked him how long to study. I've never asked him what my major should be. I've never asked him what does he have in store for my future. I've always just assumed that 
He would take care of my sins and I would take care of the rest. But I can, I just want to challenge you guys. Like if the trajectory that you were on in high school was busyness and craziness and heaviness and weariness, and then you step into this season and it doesn't change, it's still going to be heaviness and weariness and busyness. And guess what? You're setting the trajectory of your life now. So guess what happens next? Heaviness and weariness and busyness. And God is inviting you even now in this season, whether you're about to graduate and you're praying about what's next for your life or whether you just got here and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like, I'm just trying to make it through this week. But before your first big round of exams hits, ask yourself, how can I walk in the easy yoke? What does it look like to follow Jesus into his easy yoke? Am I going to listen to the religion of our day, the God of our day? Am I going to be more afraid to sin by that definition, or am I going to be more afraid of missing out on what God has in store for me? What I want desperately for you guys, and I've had to fight to walk in for much of my adult life, is the easy yoke of Christ. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.